Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. It's your boy Tavares here with another episode. It'll be just me today. But on behalf of my wife and I, thank you all for joining. If you're new, first time listening, go ahead and consider subscribing on whatever platform you're on. If you choose to be on Apple iTunes because you have an iPhone or iPad and you enjoy, please give a five-star review. It means a lot to this channel, to this ministry, because it influences more people and get more people willing to listen to something that is more biblically based. Because a lot of podcasts, you know, or a lot of sermons or anything in general, a lot of times it's just encouraging, but we want to encourage people and get you closer to God. You know, so if you think this is a blessing, go ahead and share this with a friend. Let us know where you're listening from. If you have social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, find the Godly Dating 101 page or follow the Godly Dating podcast page on Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram. I'm sorry, just had a little brain freeze um, but thank you guys for all the love and support for those who are in the patreon the godly gang we appreciate you guys if you're not in the patreon yet please consider joining patreon is just a way for you to show love you know to the creators that you enjoy their ministry their platform whatever it is and if you're in our patreon you're going to get exclusive bible studies that we won't be posting later i know a lot of people they post it later on youtube or something because they want to show others as a means to market and get it there now nah, we're our aim isn't you know, to, to land a million people, you know, that would be great, but no, that's not a goal, you know, but you get bonus podcasts, bonus devotionals, you know, that we won't share here on the podcast. We won't share on Instagram or anywhere else. And we're going to have exclusive merch dropping very soon for our Patreon crew that will not be open to the public. So if you want to be in, choose the support. The link will be in the description box. But today your boy wants to talk about something that I think is very important, um, not just because I think other people need it, but definitely because this is a subject I need as well. Um, I think we all as believers need to, to talk about this, you know, so definitely let's just dive straight in. You know, so when we think about self-control, I want to start off with the fruit of the spirit, because um, this isn't something that's going to start you know, the moment you get saved, this is something you develop over time. God is working through you. So I don't want to make it seem like anyone is a finished product, but Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23 says it like this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So today I want to talk about this because I think it's a it's a very I think it's a major issue in Christianity um, in general. Whereas people, you know, are struggling with self control. And you know, like I said, maybe you don't have this issue. Maybe you already saw the title and thought this didn't apply to you. But if you're listening, thank you. But I know this is something that I struggle with as well. You know, so I want to speak from you know my own experiences, things that I've witnessed. You know, um, you know, times when I let my anger get the best of me because of how someone spoke to me. Someone cut me off in traffic, you know, that boss or that coworker that got on my nerves, that sibling, you know, that got on my nerves and I'd lash out in anger, you know, and then many times I'd always make it seem as though they were the cause of it. You know what I mean? I wasn't exercising self-control or I struggled with lust and pornography even after getting saved. And then I would, uh, it's because it's, we'll, we'll dive into details um, in the episode, but I think a lot of times it was so easy to say, oh, I'm struggling because of this. I'm struggling because of that rather than exercising self-control, you know, and this can be geared to way more than just sex, you know? So if you're not dealing with this issue in the, in regards to relationships, you still need it in general in life. 
you know, in life in general, because many of the people listening, you may have a food addiction. That may not be something most people know about, but you know, if you're struggling with food addiction or your, you know, body, you know, your body image and you're worrying about all that, it is so weird how loud an airplane is outside. And if you guys heard that, I'm so sorry. You know, many of the men listening, having addictions to video games, not doing anything productive with their life, but they're playing video games all day. Or many of the ladies listening, you know, um, my wife's not here, so I'm going to throw a slight shade, but <laughs> many women, they probably have shopping addictions. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife isn't, you know, a big shopper. Like I actually tell her sometimes she needs to get something new, you know, or she needs to oh, like treat yourself like it's no big deal when she asks me, oh, oh, what do you think about this? I'm just like, yeah, buy it. If you like it, get it. You know, but I'm not saying it's a problem with shopping, but I think some people have an addiction. Like the Amazon delivery guy literally knows you by name by now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or everyone in Target knows what time to expect you there because you're there almost every single day of the week, you know? And I think many people, yeah, they're in church, but they're dependent on alcohol, you know, to feel at peace. Or they're probably still smoking or doing other things to feel at peace, you know, and they have all kind of things, whereas they're not exercising self-control, you know? So it, some things may not necessarily be sin, but it's still uncontrolled and therefore it's becoming an idol in our lives. So that's the reason why I believe that it needs to be addressed, because there's a lot of issues that I see in Christianity that sometimes aren't talked about. So let's start way back at the beginning of time. We're looking at Genesis um, chapter three. I'll read these few verses from the NLT. It says Genesis three, starting at verse eight. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid him from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And then she replies, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. You know, and I don't know if you're paying attention to what really just happened here, but when God confronted his children in the garden, we see what we see their response is the same thing that that is happening today in our lives the same thing that is happening in our world today and i like to call it the blame game i'm sure you've heard someone say the blame game um and it's in reality what that is it's it's like a cowardly thing whereas you're making a decision but you're blaming someone else for the reason why you made that decision you know you're finding someone else to blame for your actions no accountability. You know, we're not taking any self-accountability when we make mistakes. And I know God is merciful. I know God is gracious. So I know we should, you know, be willing to take accountability and ask God for mercy and forgiveness. But a lot of times we don't necessarily do that, you know, and we see that God asked Adam first, Adam, where are you? Adam saying he was hiding, you know, he didn't want God to see him naked. So God is like, Dude, who told you that you were naked? Me and you never held a conversation where I told you that you're naked. So he knows, God already knows, yeah, you ate that, you ate from that tree and I told you not to eat. Well, I mean, obviously God knew before, you know, God is all knowing, but it's the fact that he's having a conversation to, to have Adam admit where he is. And I think a lot of times that's what God does. God gets us to admit where we are so God can take us and he can redeem us and he can wash us and things like that, you know, but he asked them, you know, did you eat from the fruit? that I, you know, eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from. And Adam is just like, yeah, the, the woman that you gave me. So already he's not saying, 
yes, um, yes, God, I'm sorry, I ate from that tree. But he's saying the woman that you decided to give me, meaning I didn't even ask for a wife. The Bible mentions that it's not good for man to be alone. God is the one who said that. So now he's pointing his finger at God, saying, you're the reason why I made this decision. And I, I don't know if many of you have ever been there, but you blame God for the reasons why you, you've acted the way you acted, you know, or you blame God for the reasons why your life is the way it is. Because like perfect example, and I know this is probably touchy. Um, I'm sorry for anyone who may have experienced this, but say you were abused as a child and now you walk with so much bitterness and resentment. And it's so easy to say, God, you're the reason why I'm bitter. You're the reason why I'm broken because you didn't provide for me. You didn't protect me. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And it's so easy to do that blame game, not just with people, but as we see here, that blame, that blame game with God saying, God, you're the reason why I have this wife. I didn't pray and ask for a wife. You're the reason why I have her. You know, so we see Adam blaming his wife and then God goes to the woman and he's just like, did you eat from this tree? And the woman is just like, yeah, that serpent, he deceived me before Eve, you know, admits that, you know, she saw the tree and she realized the tree looks appealing. Oh, the tree's going to make me more knowledgeable. She literally just eats the tree and it tells God, well, yeah, that serpent over there, you know, deceived me. So instead of her saying, I felt like eating from this tree, she says, the reason why I ate from this tree is because there's a serpent around here telling me that I should have ate and God is withholding blessings from me and X, Y, Z, you know, and we see this blame game happening you know, and I think this is still happening in life in general and Christianity in general, where too much emphasis is placed on everyone else instead of ourselves. So today I want to just, you know, just a, a few things we need to realize in regards to self-control. And by no means am I trying to target everything because I don't want a long episode, but I just want us to understand a few things in regards to self-control that we need to know as believers. And if we know this as believers, I believe that it'll help us spiritually. It'll help us have peace of mind. It'll help us walk in a way that God desires rather than us doing this quote unquote blame game. And the first thing I want you to understand is that the world does not have to obey the Bible. And I know it sounds like a shocker, but the world really doesn't have to obey the Bible. I want you to um, look at this ver these couple of verses with me. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 17 through 19. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from God, from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. This is Paul telling the church in Ephesus that the world is blind. They're doing all of these things that, you know, you know, just full of sin, just full of darkness. It's, it's not giving any glory to God. We see in Romans, he said the same thing, that they want to acknowledge God. They know who he is, but they won't even acknowledge him. Like they just go after their own pleasures. And we see that. So often it's so easy for us to say, man, it's man, these people in the world, man, man, look how they're living. And we criticize and we judge and we say all these things. But in reality, they're blind. They're spiritually dead. So how do I expect a person who is not safe to live like a believer? I have to take inventory of myself and say, I need to live the way that I'm supposed to live because I can't expect them on the road who doesn't know Jesus Christ in order to live the way the Bible is, is instructing us to live. You know, uh, perfect example, we, we, we constantly complain about how music is explicit now. I don't know if you've ever said, you've ever complained, maybe you're a person who still loves, you know, secular music. And I'm not 
anti-secular music, but I'm anti-ungodly stuff, you know? So if this is glorifying sin, glorifying things of this world, you know, then obviously I'm, I'm, a, I'm strongly opposed to it. But we cannot complain that music is so explicit now when their goal is to get customers. If explicit music is bringing in customers, please understand the lyrics are only going to get worse. You guys know I'm always joking and talking about the WAP on this, but the reason why the, the, the WAP song was literally number one forever is because people want to hear that garbage. People want to dance with it. People want to twerk it up. People want to talk, get their power and show that, you know, the lady parts, you know, brings power. They want to do all these things. Why? Because in their brain, sex is selling. So if it's selling, they're going to continue to do it. You know, we can't complain that Lil Nas X looks like a demon, you know, and he putting out devil shoes. We we can't complain about these things. But I mean, obviously, it's, it's disgusting. It's wrong. We need to call it out. We need to expose the works of the devil. I get that. But can we really be shocked that a spiritually dead person is doing something that doesn't please God? A man who is openly homosexual, who is not saved, who is not a believer, is openly doing something to disrespect God. I can't be shocked by that because he's not a believer. You know, so it's so easy for me to try to control what the mainstream media is producing, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, so we can see that. Lil Nas X can do any kind of witchcraft he wants. He can do, he can do any kind of idol worship, any kind of garbage he wants in his song, because in reality, he's lost. You know, self-control tells me that I need to avoid his music. I can't tell him to stop his music, but I can protect my home. I can protect the youth group at my church. I can protect those within my influence from listening to this garbage, because I even, I see a whole lot of people from churches, you know, a lot of believers following this guy. And I'm just thinking like, wow, you found that post interesting? Okay. You know? you know, it is what it is. You know, everyone has their, you know, their own desires and their own likes, you know, but how do I complain that something like Netflix is showing sexual scenes and is showing perverted things? How do I complain that it's, you know, exposing our kids to garbage when in reality, I don't have to support them? You know, and I don't want, I don't want this episode to come across as though I'm judging, but I, I want you to understand the seriousness of having self-control. Um, because a lot of times we complain, man, Netflix is producing what? What kind of wickedness? They call this PG-13 and they call this that. And I literally tried to watch a show on there recently. And it's like within a couple minutes, it was some like some absolute disgusting perverted scene. And I'm just like, wasn't there church people that were saying how great this show was? And I can say, oh, that church person is a hypocrite. Oh, they're lukewarm. I can do all of that or... I can control myself and say, I'm not going to indulge in it. I'm not going to watch that because it's so easy for me to say what everyone else needs to be doing, what everyone else in the world needs to be doing, what everyone else in the church needs to be doing. Or I can say, God, I'm disciplining myself. So I'm not indulging in it because I don't have to support Netflix. Netflix doesn't have to love Jesus. They don't have to show an accurate depiction of Jesus. I remember when it was a big uproar. You know, in regards to, I believe they they produced a show that made Jesus seem gay um, as a hetero um, homosexual man, and I'm just like, yeah, but you guys aren't canceling your your membership, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to judge people. You know, that choose to keep it. You know, it's not like I'm saying Netflix isn't on my iPad. You know, but I'm just saying, don't argue. You can't argue against what you entertain. You know, and that's the reason why I was just like, yeah, let me cancel um cancel my membership. Whereas now you're just going to catch a Zion watching, 
you know, not Bubba Guppies, but whatever, you know, cartoons are <laughs> on the Netflix app. But I'm just saying it's so easy for us to complain about what the world is doing when the world is lost. They're doing what lost people do. They walk into darkness. They stumble in darkness. They do all kind of garbage because they need Jesus. That's the reason why, you know, and and I know this one, I, I, I know our audience is predominantly women. So I try not to target certain things like this unless Safa is there. But I, as a man, I can't complain that the women are dressed immodestly. Um, and I, and if you follow this page, you obviously know I talk about men need um, to have modest as well, live modest lives as well. Um, so hopefully this is not your first episode and you think I'm judging. Um, but the reason why I say I can't complain that women are dressed immodestly is because it doesn't make any sense that I complain about how she's dressing if I'm following her. It doesn't matter if that artist is wearing this. Who told me to watch her video? It doesn't matter if the girl down the road is wearing this because who told me to keep my eyes on her? So it's so easy for us to say someone else needs to dress a certain way, but in reality, we need to be able to discipline ourselves that whether that man or that woman is dressed inappropriately, that we are not engaging in that. We're not staring. We're not wishing we could get a touch. We're not wishing we could put our hands where our hands don't belong. We are supposed to discipline ourselves as believers and walk in self-control that whether that person is dressed in a blanket or they are in a bikini thong in Aruba, that is fully up to them to wear what they want, but I should not have to follow them. If it's going to be a stumbling block in my spirit, I have to know, okay, let me mute you, you know, because sometimes I have to mute people because we're friends. Um, but some people I, I just have to delete, you know, because I have to control what I can control. I can't control you. Because when you know better, you have to do better. You know, and those of you listening, you're probably born again, you know, so you won't entertain certain things. You know, you've given up certain lifestyles, but we can't say we have a hard time living for Jesus because someone that's unsaved isn't living for him because they're that's not their goal in life they don't want to live for god right now until they get that revelation of who jesus is that he died for them and he wants a relationship with them until they understand that they're going to continue to walk in darkness um if we look at first peter four and three verses first peter four three through five it says you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. You know, so we have to understand that the world is going to be shocked when they see you know, they saw you get saved and they're like, man, you ain't trying to smoke. You ain't trying to roll up with your boys. You ain't trying to go to the club no more. Yeah, they're shocked when they see me saying, nah, I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, they may be shocked, but you have to think, even though they may call some of us weird or holier than now, you have to understand that they're lost. They don't understand that they have to, you know, face a judgment day. And we live differently as believers because we know that Jesus loves us. We know that he has better plans for us. We know that getting drunk every weekend and waking up in a bed with somebody you don't know is not fulfilling. You know, a lot of people in the world are empty, but they're constantly chasing another, another refill of their cup, another refill, but they're holes in the bottom. They don't understand that Jesus is the only one that can satisfy their constant needs. You know, so we live differently because we know better. When you know better, that's when you actually do better. But yeah, man, I know, I know I'm probably coming in a little hot, um, Andy Minio, Andy Minio, word to Lecrae, uh, but 
I, I really think this is a, a subject that you guys may want to even revisit a second time just in order to digest, you know, some of the things that I'm trying to mention. Um, but a second thing you need to understand is that only you control the decisions that you make. Um, and I put that separately because I want you to understand no one can make you sin. I know a lot of times we, you know, like I said, the blame game. Um, Eve made me do it. The serpent made me do it. My friend made me do it. My parents are the reason I did this. The person that cut me off in traffic is the reason I did this. You know, but in reality, the devil can't make you do anything. Or, you know, that oh, we had sex um, because they said that if you love me, you will. Or they just needed company. You know what I mean? We, we make so many excuses for the reasons why we do what we do. But in reality, no, I control the decisions that I make. Um, in James chapter 1, Starting at verse 13, it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You know, and I want us to understand that. Um, understand that specifically because a lot of times we like to say, man, the devil is busy. Oh, the devil trying to take me down. The devil trying to take my blessings. No, 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 no. The devil cannot make anyone sin. He can only entice you by what you like. I, I need you to grasp that. The devil is, if you like tall and dark, he's not sending you short and light. If you like them thick, he ain't sending shorty that skinny. If you like your chubby men, sisters, he is not sending this scrawny brother that looks like me. He's not doing that. He's going to send you what you like because his goal is to tempt you. His goal is to get you to fall. And then at the end of the day, when you do fall, it wasn't his fault. He may have placed something before you, but he didn't make you do it. And that's what I want us to understand, that the devil has no power. The whole point of me saying that is that the devil has no power. He can literally only suggest things. He has the power of suggestion, but we have to be the ones that are saying, oh, well, I have the choice to not do this, so I'm not going to do it. Because John 10, 10 mentions that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we we already know that when the devil comes in on anywhere near us, his goal is to destroy us. His goal is to break our intimacy with God. But we have the power to say, no, God has given me abundant life. We have the power to say no to the things that are tempting us. You know, so we even see in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, that Paul is telling them that, you know, whether they're in the body or away from the body, so which is mean basically means dead or alive, that their goal is to please God, for we all must stand before Christ to be judged. You know, so Paul is showing us that we all answer to God on judgment day. And, you know, on judgment day, we'll have to receive according to the actions that we've lived. You know, whether we lived in sin, God is going to pay us, you know, for our actions. And the Bible mentions the wages of sin is death. Or we live the righteous life and God is paying us according to our righteousness, you know, according to our, our obedience to his to his word and living in his righteousness, I should say. But a lot of times it's so easy to forget and to blame other people. But in reality, I'm going to have to say it one more time. I control the decisions that I make. And I want you to grasp that while you're listening. Be Tell that to yourself. I control the decisions that I make because a lot of times, many of us, we keep falling into the same sins and we keep on falling because we keep blaming other people when in reality is not always other people. Sometimes we're just not being careful. We're being care. We're not being careful. We're being careless, you know, so we have to pay attention to that.
A third thing I want you to understand is that if you're not able to discipline yourself, you'll constantly repeat the same struggle. Man, trust me, I know that one firsthand. I know that one clear as day. Proverbs 5, 3 through 6 says it like this. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to hell. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. So we see that them saying, you know, and bear in mind, this is not just specifically talking about the woman gender. This is like a spirit of lust. Um, this is something where as it's saying, yeah, the, the words that they're saying, man, is going to sound smooth as ever. You, you know, you're going to love everything about what she's saying to you. Everything he's whispering in your ear is going to sound great, but the end of it is going to be leading to destruction. And you're not even going to notice it because of how smooth the destruction was because of how handsome your destruction was because of how beautiful your destruction was that we have to understand if we don't discipline ourselves we're going to keep chasing a beautiful death we're going to keep chasing an attractive demise we're going to keep chasing things that god is against because it looks good and that's the reason why we must learn the art of self-control we see that this is in proverbs y'all this is like solomon's book you know solomon is the one you know, giving us so much wisdom in his book. And, you know, but we all see that the Bible mentions that Solomon, the women that Solomon entertained, led his heart away from God. They led him to serving other gods when he got old. You know, so while Paul, while, sorry, you know, while Solomon said to avoid this type of woman, we read that he still had a thousand wives and concubines. So we see that he's telling us to avoid ungodly women, un avoid ungodly relationships but yet he's in the middle of them. What sense does that make for God to say to avoid something and yet you're entertaining it? You know what I mean? So we see that just because something is easy to know, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't take discipline to actually perform it. It takes discipline to actually do these things because it's not just about knowing the Bible, but it's about, it's not just about reading the Bible, but it's about applying what you're reading to your life. Colossians 3, 5 through 8 puts it like this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of, the th on account of these things, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put, it, put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So I won't talk too much about this. I don't want the episode to get too long, but let's just look at lust for a brief second. Because of the golly dating one, you know, one-on-one -on -one thing, it's something that I can relate to as well. Let's, let's, let's mention lust. You know, I've learned this, this concept firsthand, you know, that if I don't discipline myself, I'm just going to repeat the same struggle. I, I learned this firsthand, you know, because I realized that you can cut off a relationship, cut off multiple. So relationship after relationship, you cut them off, you cut them off but you'll still keep falling into the same sins if you don't deal with your inner issues. Because a lot of times we, we try to, we try to uh, take care of the symptoms. You know, we have a, say you have a fever and the only thing you're doing is trying to take care of the sweating or take care, if you have a cold or whatever, you're taking care of all the symptoms, the runny nose and all those things, but you're not dealing with what's on the inside. So in reality, you're cutting off a relationship that's just a branch, but the tree is still growing. So you have a tree that is growing with lust constantly being fed with perversion, but 
You think because you trimmed off a couple of leaves that the tree is dead. No, the tree is not dead. It's just that one little part is gone. So we have to see that, you know, just because you, you know, you cut off that person that you're sending nudes to, you know, and the person you're flirting with, you know, the, the, the sexual flirting that you know you shouldn't be doing, you know. But if you don't deal with those urges that, you know, that you're trying, you're thinking you can just suppress, you're going to fall right back into it. You know, because you could dump Susie, but Sharon is right around the corner or you could you could dump um, Tyrone, but Chris is waiting on you. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't really matter who you think you can just cut off the goal. Don't get me wrong. If there's a sexual relationship that you're in, you need to try to stop that. You know, so I'm not saying to stay in a sinful relationship. What I'm saying is the goal isn't simply to get out of the relationship, but the goal is to deal with that spirit. Because we can't run away from the fire if we keep playing with matches. You know, it's impossible to overcome a sin that you're deliberately entertaining. Or let's think about anger. Because a lot of us here, you know, we probably have tempers or bad attitudes or someone spoke to us a certain way and we have to give people a piece of our mind. And we've given so many pieces of our mind away that we barely have any of our mind left. You know, so we see that it's so easy to say, Uh, man, that person doesn't deserve to speak to me that way. But in reality, they can speak to you however they choose. I I know you don't want to hear that, especially the rebellious person that's probably listening to this episode. Like, nah, Tavares, you had me until you said that. No, but people really have a right to speak to you however they choose. You have a right to control however you you respond to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people allow people to disrespect you. No, no, no. I'm not. that's, That's not what I mean. But I mean, if someone decides to get angry with you today, you don't owe them. You don't have to accept their invitation. You don't have to go and lash back and forth with them. That's not their invitation does not have to be accepted. I need I need you to understand that. And, you know, there's plenty of times when I was ready to swing on someone or hurt someone. But I know, man, I, I can't go to prison, bro. Like <laughs> I just knew I can't go to prison. But we but when you look at the life of Jesus, when they were ridiculing him and mocking him and scourging him and they're doing so much. And the Bible mentioned multiple times that Jesus answered them not a word because they're over here trying to make fun of him. And Jesus knew who he was. So he's like, I'm not even going to bother giving this the attention that it deserve, that it doesn't deserve. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of me arguing back and forth because some people, they are dedicated to getting you out of God's will. I know you don't, I know you, you may not understand, but there's some people that are dying to get a reaction out of you, to pull out the OU, the OU that you're trying to crucify daily. Some people are dying to get you to go back to cursing them out. They want to see that reaction, but it's up to you to say, all right, you know, people can people can live the life they want to live, but you have to be willing to control your anger because everything doesn't require a reaction. That's something I really had to learn. And I'm still learning. There are times when I am tempted to lash out. You know, you guys may have read any of our Instagram comments where I may say Jesus loves you. And someone is going to comment like, oh, who told you that he loves me? Well, don't tell you can't tell me what Jesus loves him. And I'm just like, bro, what are you talking about? And then somebody's like, oh, golly, dating is so disrespectful. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening here? These people are clearly baiting me and I'm not realizing it. But Proverbs 15 and 1 says it like this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words makes tempers flare. You know, so you can choose to stop a situation if you desire to. I, I know there's some people that are just constantly angry and wanting to fish for your attention, but I want you to understand that you can choose to have a calm response. You know, when there's a major issue happening, you know, other times 
you know, some it's like I feel as though sometimes some situations they definitely can get heated, you know, but we have to be able to control our anger. And that's one of the holy things the Holy Spirit is inside of us for. The Holy Spirit says you should be angry, but not sin. You know, so being angry isn't a problem, but not sinning is what God wants you to do. So my thing is, many of you, you may not know how to get there. You may not know how to get to that point. And for those of you that are struggling with anger, I want to recommend better help. Whether you're dealing with trauma, whether you're dealing with anger, any of those types of things, you know, I believe that BetterHelp is a resource that I'm telling you guys about because we as Christians, we don't prioritize our mental health. We don't prioritize our emotions. We try to suppress things and pretend there isn't a problem. But the issue with that is when you have a kettle just boiling, eventually it's going to get to a breaking point. Eventually the pot is going to bubble over. Eventually you're only going to allow someone being rude to you for so long and then you're going to lash out. So that's the reason why I believe that it's important that you guys check out BetterHelp because it'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And there's nothing wrong with having Jesus and a therapist, y'all. You know, so you'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. Also, you can set up phone or video calls as you desire. So if you're facing depression, anxiety, anger, some type of trauma that you're not healed from and you need help, be sure to check out BetterHelp today. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you're feeling burdened down, I want you to enjoy a more blessed and stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10 months off your first month, 10% of my apologies, off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com godly. And the last point I'll mention to you all today is that any relationship that you get in and a person tries to control you isn't the will of God for your life. I didn't want to, you know, make this point long because I feel as though many of us, we should know that. And I talk a lot about abusive relationships on this page, trying to get you all to see the signs of that, you know, and I think it's important for us to understand this because, you know, we read in our, and I read in the beginning what the fruit of the spirit is. You know, we see that in the fruit of spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, part of it is self-control. You know, the Holy Spirit, as God is working in you, he is producing self-control, meaning he's allowing you to control yourself, not allowing you to control others. So when you see, you know, when you see someone trying to control you or a man or woman trying to control someone else, you see that that's not what God's desire is. That's not God's aim for anyone to control your life. And I'm not saying in, a, in regards to submission um, in reg- submission in marriage, but submission and control are not the same thing. You know, so if you're in, if you have a pastor, you should be submitted to them, but they shouldn't control you. If you have a husband or a wife, you should be submitted to one another, but they shouldn't control you. And that's something I can definitely talk about um, with my wife on another episode. So you guys be sure to hit us up telling us if you think the submission topic is a good one, if you guys will listen to that, um, and then we could dive into it. But I just briefly wanted to just mention that because I think it's important, man, you know, when you see manipulation or abuse, whether it's emotional, verbal, physical, that is not true love. Don't let any man or any woman 
come beat you up, give you a black eye, or tell you that you're ugly, or tell you you'll never get anyone other than me, or tell you that you're so fat and you're so ugly, or you're so this, you're so that, and they verbally just abuse you and break you down so that you have you feel as though you have no worth outside of them. Don't allow anyone to push you to that point. Because in reality, God calls you loved. He calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. He calls you chosen. He calls you his. He died for you. You know what I mean? God did the ultimate sacrifice for you specifically. You don't need any man or woman to come and try to control your life in order for you to feel some type of worth. You know, we see, I'm sure there are plenty of examples in the Bible. Um, I only wrote down one. Um, but, But we see, you know, like when we look at people like Jezebel, you know, Jezebel is known as one of the manipulative people in the Bible. And I believe her husband's name was Ahab, but her manipulative tactics got them killed. You know, because you're deciding to be out of order. You know what I mean? You're deciding to do things your way. We see when someone tries to control your life, things don't end well. When Sarah tried to control Abraham's, um, God's plan for Abraham, we see that they got Ishmael when God's plan was Isaac. When anyone is trying to control what you're doing and they're telling you to step outside of God's will in order to get, in order to get blessed, then you know this person is not hearing from God. You know, when we think of people like Samson, Samson was manipulated and we see that led to his covenant with God being broken because he could not stop sleeping with these women from Timnath and these women of the Philistines. He's so hormone driven that he puts himself in a, obviously God got the glory in the end, but he puts himself in a predicament that he probably didn't have to be in, you know, and it's all because he allowed the beautiful woman to lead him to destruction. And that's what I want to warn us against today, that we have to be willing to have self-control that, man, this this whole single thing is annoying. I just really want some sex. I know so many people that will message us that. I know so many people that will feel that way. Man, I felt that way. So I'm not trying to say this as a way to just make it known to singles. Ah, singles, you need to trust me. I understand. And I also want to be clear to you all. That self-control is needed in singleness because you're going to need that self-control when you're married. Because if you're flirting, fellas, if you flirt with every woman in the church, every woman that, that, that comments on your page, you're in her inbox. Every woman that gives you attention, you're hollering at her and you're, ah, you, oh, what you're doing? You're trying to hang out? When you get married, you're going to be, you're, you're, you train your mind for Polygamy. I, I'm, I'm, I can't think of the word right now, but you trained your mind for a variety. You trained your mind to think, man, well, just having one person isn't enough. Why? Because you didn't exercise self-control when single. And ladies, you think, I, and I'm not saying all ladies, but there are many ladies that, you know, especially like when our episodes on masturbation and pornography, a lot of ladies give a lot of feedback because they're struggling with masturbation. They're struggling with the toys that they have and they're doing all of these things and then they get married and then their husband can't satisfy them. Why? Because they didn't exercise self-control when single. When you don't exercise self-control when single, now you're comparing your virgin spouse to the 20 different porn stars you were just watching, or you're comparing your spouse to the person you were dating a couple years ago because you desired sex. And now you're over here trying to think, ah, did I get it right? Trust me, I know the episode just got real. I'm sorry for everyone listening that's not of mature age, <laughs> but I-, I want you guys to understand that self-control definitely has a lot of aspects. I want to have been able to talk about all of it, but it's important that we exercise self-control because people in the world are going to continue to live in sin. The girl on Instagram, she wants 
She wants to feel validated. She wants to feel loved. She wants to feel appreciated. So no one liked her picture when she was fully clothed, but everyone liked her picture when she put on that thong bikini. Guess what she's going to do again? Put on that thong bikini. That man who no one listened to him when he did this, but the moment he sinned and everyone loved him, he is going to continue. Why? Because our brains are, it's it's that dopamine hit that we get when we see the Instagram likes, when we see the comments. It's literally rewiring our brains and people will continue to do stuff that's sinful if it gets them attention, if it gets them likes, if it gets them feeling some type of way about themselves, whatever. So I can't control the type of music, you know, whatever garbage people are listening to today, I can't control what they are producing, but I can control if I choose to listen to it. I can't control if everyone else in the church leaves God, but I can control that I keep my devotion. I can't control that if that family around the corner said, you know what, we're going to be Buddhist tomorrow. You can do what you want, baby, but me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't control the things that you know that, that everyone else is doing, but I can control what God has gave, put placed in my life. And we have to be good stewards of the Holy Spirit in our life, of the finances God has placed in our life, of, the, of all the things, the time that God has placed in our life. We have to learn to exercise self-control because if we don't, these addictions will break us. And I know this is heavy. I'm going to definitely um, do this episode and then go into a deep dive with a discussion with our Patreon fam later on. So if you're not in it, I want you to join us, man. It's a lot of growing going on inside that Patreon. Um, And for those who are not going to join, it's all good. We appreciate the love and the support. But I do need a favor from you. Please, 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 please share this episode with someone. Whether you think they're struggling or not, that's not the goal. That's not the clue. I don't need you to say, you know, Holy Spirit, that one right there is a backslider. You know what I mean? I don't need you to do all that. But go ahead and share it with a friend. Um, If you're listening and you do share podcasts on your social media pages, we'd love if you tell your friends, you know, tell your friends to check us out on social media. But yeah, man, we appreciate you guys. Y'all rocking with us, man. We're 70 plus episodes in and God is blessing people. We're seeing a whole lot of testimonies. So let's just keep growing together, man. Happy Thursday. Peace.